We have an exciting week of college football coming ahead of us, Cole. Week hey, three is here. Very exciting week. And uh, the Pac-12 for a dying Honestly, conference. Honestly, showing off. The Pac-12 for a dying conference really uh, putting itself out there, I guess. You know, take a strong one right before you go, I guess. I think this is... Going the, out strong. Yeah. I think this is the first time we've ever covered three Pac-12 games in the same week. Probably. Uh, but for that, let's go ahead and get started. I am Owens Pennick. My name's Cole Connor, And you're listening to the Panther Pod. So first up, we have Florida State Seminoles Boo. taking on the Clemson Tigers Boo. in Death Valley. Boo! I hate this matchup so much. The um, only team to beat... LSU so far this season, and the team that stole Death Valley from us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Florida State is ranked four heading into this matchup. Clemson is unranked, but they are two and one. With a um, loss to Duke, they already have a conference loss. If they lose a second conference game, it's over for the Tigers. Yes, 100%. Um, at least for the ACC championship. They still might find a way to make it into the playoffs. With Maybe, but I doubt an, AC, I doubt an ACC non-championship team, even if it is Clemson. I find it hard to believe to make it into the playoffs. Very fair. Um, Florida State is favored in this game, unsurprisingly, 57.3 to Clemson's 42.7. Excuse me. This is in Clemson, South Carolina at Memorial Stadium. Death Valley. At Memorial Stadium. Um, The line is Florida State by 2.5, and and the over-under is 55. Uh, Owen, going into this game, I kind of want to do things a little bit differently this week, and I know we really didn't No, that's fine. What are some of your like players to watch or things to watch in this game? Um, Definitely for Florida State on the offensive side, Travis Hunter and Keon Mm, Coleman. Not Travis Hunter. I'm sorry, Jordan Travis, not Travis Hunter. Travis Travis Hunter has a brother spleen, has a busted yeah. spleen. I was about to say, did you see that hit? Yeah, no, I'm sorry. Jordan Travis and Keon Coleman are really the ones that stand out to me for obvious reasons on Florida State sideline. Okay, Jordan Travis is 53 for 84, has has thrown only one pick this year, but he has eight touchdowns and almost a thousand yards passing, and it's week three. Um, Keon Coleman <clears throat> looks really good, looked really sharp, unfortunately, against LSU. Uh, but he's just got a lot of height on him, okay? Mm-hmm. I'm 6'4", he's 6'4". His 6'4 is very different compared to my 6'4", okay? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I got measured in the high school gym. He got measured by professionals, okay? Yes. Um, so there's that. But I think... For Florida State, they Mike Norvell has utilized the transfer portal. I think their receiving core uh, is deep. They have uh, Keon Coleman. They've got Johnny Wilson. They also have um, Winston Wright, who transferred out of West Virginia, who's now there uh, at Florida State. I think they've portaled really well. That defense looks solid for Florida State. They were able to – I know I hate bring it back up – but they were able to stop a very potent LSU offense with Jaden Daniels on that uh, in the backfield. And also, they're putting up over 466 yards a game. Okay, um, Defensively, they, they've gone against some really good teams. 
last week was a bad week for them. Okay, they law they they won to Boston College. Shouldn't have been as close as what it was, thirty-one to twenty-nine. But it is what it is. It's a bad game. Maybe it was a wake-up call for the Seminoles. Uh, they do blow out uh, Southern uh, Southern Mississippi, sixty-six thirteen. Again, looked lights out there. And then that second half that that second half pitch there uh, in the LSU game. I'm no. I'm sorry to bring no, it no, up. No, you're but fine. It. Honestly, week one feels like forever ago. It does feel like forever ago, but it's week three. Yes. This that's that's what's wild to me is it's week oh, I'm sorry, it's week four. It's week four, not week three. Well, I mean, technically, yeah. Yeah, no, no, no. It it, it is four. It is week, week four. four. We start conference play. Um however, for Clemson's side of the ball, nobody really stands out to me. Will Shipley's back. I would say the only kind of two players that stand out for me on well, I'll 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 give it three players um, just to kind of give Bo Collins some love here, but Bo Collins has kind of had a up and down season. Uh, you could say the exact same thing with Kate Clubnick, uh, Kate Klubnick and Will Shipley. Uh, Will Shipley falling off the bus hard. Yeah. Um, no Heisman talk around him. No kind of buzz whatsoever. And by week four. We've said it every single year that we've recorded this podcast. By week four, you see the teams who are starting to emerge as playoff contenders. Uh, Kate Klubnick for the year, 71 for 107. 693 yards passing, eight total touchdowns, same as Jordan Travis, but he does have two interceptions uh, versus Jordan Travis's one. His QBR is a 43. That's rough. His completion percentage is a 62, almost a 63, but still, that's – Barely, barely passing. Uh, no Will, pun intended on that one. No, no, no. <laughs> funny. Um, Will Shipley has thirty-six carries for two hundred and twenty-five. Yeah, two hundred twenty-five yards uh, on the ground for the Clemson Tigers. Um, things to watch out for for me: Clemson's defense, I think, is better than Florida State's. Mm-hmm. That will. I think the only way for Clemson to win this game is if they force Florida State into um, clock management. If they come out early, punch them in the gut, do you know, score on their first drive, score on their second drive, and uh, just maintain the ball or maintain time of possession at that point. Um, Clemson's shown that they can run the ball. They're only averaging four yards less uh, passing than Florida State. So if it does get into a QB duel with Jordan Travis and Kate Klubnick, I do think Clemson can hang. But ultimately, I think Florida State's going to pull away with it. Um, one, one. If there's one group you want me to focus on, definitely the secondary for Clemson, I think. Uh, they, do, they didn't look great, obviously, against Duke. Duke threw the ball all over them. Um, Charleston Southern was an iffy game. It was tied there for a little bit uh, to the point that Charleston Southern was actually beating Clemson. They did end up pulling out that win, 66-14, and then they took care of business against uh, Tom Herman and the FAU Owls, uh, 48-14. But that secondary for Clemson being able to shut down the pass. Now, I know it was was three lesser opponents, and you've already lost to Duke, but Duke looks – is shaping up solid. to be to be very, a solid team solid. this year, a definitely um, contender in the ACC and, and a possible contender in the ACC. So for me, it is it is Clemson secondary. They are not they are not giving up over 150 yards through the air. 
I know we've. I, it feels like to me, and I don't know if this um, it seems the same way to you, but I feel like so many teams this year have such a good front seven. Um, Clemson's is one of those that are very underrated. I They're agree. only I averaging agree. right at 100 yards uh, rushing a game. But I do agree with you. They have allowed quite a good bit um, compared to other years under Dabo's tenure. Yeah. Uh, so definitely some key things to look out for. Uh, who are you going with? Uh, giving the Seminoles. Yeah. I think 100%. the I think the Seminoles just look better. Clemson's got some got some kinks in the armor. Seminoles look better. They look to be back on top in the ACC. I don't think uh, I agree with you. Um, I don't think that. What a turnaround for Florida State. Oh, yeah. Um, but also, I don't think that Dabo is on the hot seat after this season. Um, but if they don't at least make it back to the ACC championship game after this season, uh, Dabo's gone. Well, I think just Dab- because he's not <coughs> utilizing the transfer portal. I think Dabo Sweeney and Mike Gundy are two really good old school coaches. Yes. They they before the portal they were phenomenal. We saw how well they did. After the portal, they just kind of refused to use it. Or in Mike Gundy's case, you just don't use it a ton. Dabo just blatantly refused refuses yeah, it. He, uh, disagrees with it. He entirely. disagrees with it, and that's fine. But when everybody else is using it, you've got to use it. Yeah, it's you not evolve or die. Yeah, it, it's you've got to you've got to move with the times, or it doesn't turn out well for you. All right, uh, we're both taking FSU. Both taking FSU. Which pains me, I, I will admit. Yes, yes. But at the same time, FSU is a good program, and I think they're going to be contenders this year in the, if not the college football playoff, definitely in the ACC. Yeah. Uh, moving on to the next game that we're going to cover here, Pac-12 matchup. Yeah. Uh, the Pac-12 co- Panther Pub. <laughs> well, uh, 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 no? Okay. Mm. Um. The number 19-ranked Colorado Buffaloes take off the number 10-ranked Oregon Ducks. Bo Nix versus Shador Sanders. Um, my thoughts on this game, it is going to be a quarterback duel. I think the 93.9% chance to win for Oregon um, is disrespectful to Colorado. I think uh, Dion has truly built something special. Or is building something special over there at Colorado? Um, but that being said, I also agree with it because this is going to be the toughest test. Like T- TCU and Sonny Dykes, that is one thing. Um, but they barely had that team beat. They also barely had Colorado State beat last yeah. week. Yeah. That being said, excuse me. Shador on the season, 107, or 107 completions for 136 attempts, 1,251 yards passing, 10 touchdowns, one interception. Bo Nix looking a little uh, shaky this year, but not really. 76 for 98, 893 yards passing, eight touchdowns. Uh, on the ground, Bucky Irving for the Ducks, has 27 carries, 216 yards uh, rushing, and three touchdowns. Uh, Dylan Edwards has 25 carries for 136 yards, one touchdown for the Buff. Um, Dion's made it very clear he is running a he is running his offense through Shador, um, yes. without question. 
last week looked very shaky for the Buff, especially against a team like Colorado State, though it does remain to be seen whether or not Colorado State is a very good team and just not getting enough credit, or if Colorado just had a poor game plan going into that game, maybe took things a little too personal there. Yeah. Uh, looking at team stats for a second, uh, Colorado total yards per game, 479, 418 yards passing per game versus 61 rushing yards. Uh, Oregon, 357 to 229. Very, very normal stats for a college football program. Much, much more resembling that 60-40, uh, pass run split. Um, yards allowed, completely and totally different story. Colorado has given up 460 uh, per game. Oregon, 285. That 460 number for Colorado, a lot of that is through the air. 265 versus 195 on the ground. For the Ducks, uh, you're looking at 158 uh, through the air and 127 on the ground. Oregon has not played, I would say, 100% their toughest opponent so far has been Texas Tech. Uh, which they eked out a win, thirty-eight to thirty. Yeah, Colorado, uh, close win over TCU, 45-42. Good win against Nebraska, thirty-six to fourteen. And Nebraska is not a slouch, but I do think that this is a down year uh, for that program. Yeah. Story of the year, though, forty-three thirty-five in double overtime. Yeah, I think the loss of Travis Hunter for Colorado is going to play a big role in this game um do we see Dion favor the run more this game uh do we see Shador kind of give a little bit more to other wide receivers not named Travis Hunter which we've seen him do a few times so far but Travis Hunter is such an integral part of that offense and that defense I just don't see them functioning without him yeah um for Colorado uh, we know they can throw the ball. Shador can throw the ball. He can throw to Travis Hunter. He can throw it to Dylan Edwards. Or, uh, uh, yeah, Dylan Edwards. Whoever it may be, he can throw the ball, put it in placement. Great. However, rushing the ball is a different story for Colorado. Yeah. If you make them one-dimensional and you force them to run the ball, it is not going to be – it is not going to be a good game, I don't think, for the buff. Uh, Shador Sanders, his last three games, negative 32 yards rushing, negative 30 yards rushing, and three yards rushing. The last He had negative 32 against TCU, negative 30 against Nebraska, and three yards rushing against Colorado State. Versus, let it load here, versus Bo Nix, who in his first three games, in his first three games has forty six yards rushing and fourteen yards rushing. Okay, yeah. Again, not huge, not but nearly as much as what he was putting up at Auburn. But at the same time, Bo Nix is a much or more even, consistent quarterback. Or even, or even last year, at or even last year, exactly. Uh, he has found his rhythm uh, at Oregon. Uh, he has become much more. Uh, Diverse, mm-hmm. <coughs> excuse me, he's come become much more diverse and much more elusive. I don't think Shador is that. He's a great pocket passer, one hundred percent. Needs to work on the rushing attack. 
for them. Um, but I think overall with the with Bucky Irving, with Bo Nix in the backfield, 100%, I think Oregon is the better team. Um, I think they could have maybe just had a bad game against Texas Tech. I'm hoping so <laughs> anyways, for my <laughs> sake this week. Um, but I think – I think with Oregon, that's that's it right there. They can throw the ball as well as run it, whereas Colorado is just relying on the throw and not relying on Travis Colorado, Hunter a ton. Yeah, Colorado's but offense is definitely one-dimensional. It is one-dimensional, but it's a great one-dimension when yes. they get going. It's a great one-dimension. If if Oregon can just shut that down, um, if, if Oregon can shut that down, you know, their secondary right now, has been given up 158 yard passing, 158 yards passing. Most of the time, if you're going to give up 150 yards passing in a game, not going to be. I mean, you could win with that, but it's going to be a very low scoring game for you. Okay. Mm-hmm. Whereas uh, Colorado has given up 265 yards on the air and 195 on the ground. They're only averaging 61 yards on the ground versus Oregon, who's already up to 230. That right there, that diversity, the um, the mobility of the Oregon offense, just the different ways you can utilize your weapons, whether it be running or passing, that gets Oregon the win. I don't think it's a blowout like people are thinking, um, but I do think they're able to shut Colorado down and give the Buff their first loss of the season. Um, I agree, mainly just because of Colorado's uh, rushing attack or lack thereof. Uh, currently under Deion Sanders. I do think that Colorado keeps it close, but I do think that Colorado comes away <clears throat> with the loss this week, unfortunately. I agree. I agree. <sighs> All right, let's get to the game you wanted to talk about. This game. Now, here's the reason I wanted to talk about this game, because it's an interesting game. Bama is down. They've been down since the Texas game. They are... They are um, they're hurt, they're wounded, but they're not backed into a corner. And that's the issue right there with Alabama. I don't feel like Alabama is backed into a corner. I feel like they're just kind of going through the motions. They, don't, they have not gotten things figured out at quarterback. They tried Tyler Buckner last year, terrible, or last week. Tried Tyler Buckner last week, bad. They tried Ty Simpson, that was a little bit better. He came out and won the game for them. They're going back to Jalen Milrow. Uh, this week against Ole Miss, they do come back home after a very scary win against USF. Ole Miss walks in there three and zero with Jackson Dart, who looks to be real hot. They've got quarterback. Uh, their quarterback situation is yeah is I'm figured out. Scared. You scared for the Magnolia Bowl? Um, they've got the quarterback situation figured out. Dart is 45 for 68 so far through three games. He's 852 yards, seven touchdowns, and only an interception. Okay. Jalen Milrow, however, uh, still Alabama's leading passer with uh, Ty Simpson and Tyler Buckner both taking snaps uh, last week. But Jalen Milrow, 449 yards passing, five touchdowns, two interceptions. For any program whatsoever, that is an acceptable number for a quarterback. However, this is Alabama. Um, and at my overall despising of Alabama is very well documented. I do not like the Crimson Tide. Um, 
That being said, this year on offense, terrible numbers. Um, 367 yards a game, 196 yards on average passing, 171 on the ground. Defense doesn't get a whole lot better. Not putting up nearly the same numbers as what they were in the national championship years. Where Bama could reliably have at least a top 10 defense. Um, 309 average yards allowed per game, 189 through the air, 120 on the ground. That being said, looking at who Alabama has played versus who Ole Miss has played. Alabama, scary win against USF, loss against Texas, and a absolute blowout of Middle Tennessee. Ole Miss, blowout against Mercer. Close win. And I say close win. They won by 17. But that game had a lot uh, for the reps. Um, Ole Miss didn't really pull away until halfway through the fourth quarter in that game. And then Georgia Tech, you won 48-23. to so Ole Miss is coming in with a lot of momentum. Uh, they are underranked, in my opinion. I do think they deserve to be a little bit higher, but not as much. Uh, Bama, I think they, like you said, um, I don't think they're back in the corner, but I think they're leaning up against the ropes right now, to use a, a boxing metaphor. I think they're gasping for air, and this is either going to be a knockout punch or a comeback for the Tide. It's one of those two. Um, and don't forget, too, Jackson Dart may be the leading rusher so far for Ole Miss. He has 32 carries for 213 yards and two touchdowns. Okay. But they also bring back the number one rushing uh, rushing attack, bring back the number one running back in the ACC, that, and not the ACC, and the SEC, SEC Quinshawn Judkins. Yep. Judkins. Okay. That combined with Dart's running ability as well, we're going to see the same thing that we saw with Oregon. Which, is the fact that the quarterback and the running back duo are so dynamic that it's going to be hard for Alabama's defense to kind of um, to, to, to kind of keep up with, keep an eye on. Now, let's see how well Alabama's offensive line improves. Okay, they're not terrible. They look okay. They look pretty decent. But let's see if they can get something going. Can they give Jalen Milrow a little bit more time in the pocket to kind of look around? Let's not make him run first and then pass. Let's make him pass and then run first. Um, I agree with you. This is a game where Alabama looks to be on the ropes. This can either be a big gasp of air and they just go right back at it, or as they're taking that big breath of air, Alabama gives them a sucker punch, or uh, Ole Miss gives them a sucker punch right in the gut, and they just <coughs> – Yeah. Um, I think the one thing that I will say uh, before we make our picks here, Jackson Dart was very, very limited uh, against Tulane, not nearly as much as uh, Quinchon Judkins was. Tulane did a very good job of keying in and stopping the uh, run against – are uh, in the Ole Miss game. Um, however, I, again, my dislike, I'm trying to be as impartial as I can. Um, I think Alabama keeps it close, but give me the Rebs and Brian Denny. 
I'm going, this whole time I've been going back and forth. Alabama, no, Ole Miss. Give me the Tide. No, give me the Rebs. Either I way, I think this is going to be a very I good game. I think it's game. going to be a good game. I just don't, I think Alabama fans, when they walk into Bryant-Denny, are going to be just, they are having a coming, they ever they are having a falling to, falling from grace kind of moment here. And I just don't know how the fans are going to react. I think if Bryant Denny is really, if Bryant Denny is bumping and there's a lot of noise, Alabama fans are really into it, great. I think they win the game. If they're not, if Ole Miss can hit them quick and knock the crowd out of the game, I think Ole Miss has got a shot. I'm going back and forth here. I, I'm having a hard time to decide. The line is six and a half in favor of Bama. This is a really hard one. You're not going to hurt my feelings. It's not about your feelings. I could care less about your feelings, to be honest. (laughs) I'd expect nothing less. Yes. Um, I'll remember that when Texas Tech comes up. Thanks. Um, (laughs) I don't know. I don't know if I want to pick Alabama. I picked Alabama last time, and they let me down. I picked them against Texas, and they let me down. By the way, horns horns down. down. Um. I picked them against the Longhorns. They let me down. They lost. But I, I just some I, I don't know. Something keeps telling me pick Bama, pick Bama. Don't I get don't, me wrong. I think Saban is going to have this team right. I, I don't think it's a coaching issue. I genuinely don't think it's a coaching issue. I just don't think that Alabama is in a position where the cupboard is a little bit bare, a little bit more bare than what they're used to. Yeah. They're used to not having to – They're used to having uh, Tua, Jalen, Mack. Do you like, – like, remember this. At one point in time, they had Jalen Hurts, Tua Tungavailoa, and uh, – Mac Jones. Mac Jones – all on the same roster, mm-hmm. and Mac Jones was the third-string quarterback. Yeah. They're used to replenishing, not rebuilding. Yes. And, I, and I'm not saying – like, Alabama, uh, uh, Nick Saban has had to rebuild before. He had to do it when he came in in 07. Okay? They went 7-6 and six that year. So I don't think that Nick Saban is I – don't, I don't think that he is not – I don't think that he is not not equipped – handle a rebuild I think it's unusual for us to see it at Alabama but I genuinely don't know I'm I'm going back and forth part of me wants to pick Bama because you picked Ole Miss um don't I I have a sneaky suspicion over the next four games we're going to differ we we might differ on this um I (sighs) Ole Miss Alabama Ole Miss Alabama um you want a coin uh, give me the tide. Well, okay. just to make it different, because I am genuinely like I think it's going to be a good game. Even though Ole Miss, just to me on paper, seems better, Alabama is at home. I will say as well, Ole Miss has not had as tough like the toughest t- the toughest test that Ole Miss has had this year has been Tulane, yeah. without a doubt. And that is a game that Ole Miss should have handled. I love the Green Wave, um, but Ole Miss should have walked into New Orleans and handed Tulane a big, fat L. And instead, Tulane looked as strong as you 
Yeah. Yeah. Moving right along to Big 12 play. Uh, the unranked BYU Cougars go to David Booth Stadium and take on the Rock Chalk Jayhawks themselves, Kansas. We said it last year. We've said it, uh, I think, one time so far this year. Lance Leopold is building something special in Kansas. Oh, yes. Uh, Keaton Slovis coming into this game, 55 for 90. Mm -hmm. Terrible completion percentage. That is a, let's check the stats here, that is a 61% completion rating with a 60 QBR. Uh, 660 yards passing, six touchdowns, one interception. Jalen Daniels, 42 for 56, 575 yards passing, two touchdowns, one interception. Or one interception, excuse me. Um, LJ Martin for the Cougars. 45 carries, 195 yards rushing, two touchdowns. Not the best stat, especially when you look at Devin Neal. 40 carries, 303 yards rushing, five touchdowns for the Jayhawks. Um, both teams like to throw the ball. Kansas is much better at running the ball than BYU is. Agreed. Even on paper, it just it says that. But even then, Devin Neal last year, don't forget, up until the late, uh, late in the season, was a Heisman contender. Uh, right up there with Singleton and uh, Judkins uh, and Caleb Williams. Mm-hmm. But Kansas is favored by 8.5. The over-under is 54.5. Lance Leopold has brought life into this program. If he wins, this is the second year in a row starting out 4-0. I'm so sorry, Owen, for bringing that up. Um, My one concern with the Jayhawks in this game, BYU has allowed under 100 yards rushing per game. That being said, BYU's last three games – uh, against Arkansas, they won 38-31, which we touched on last week. Which has a solid rushing attack. Very solid rushing attack. Um, against Southern Utah, BYU won handedly 41-16. to And against Sam Houston, uh, BYU kind of scraped by a little bit, 14 to nothing. Yeah. Kansas's last three against uh, Nevada, the Wolfpack, too sweet. Um. They won 31 to 24 against Illinois. They won 34 to 23, and against Missouri State, uh, Kansas won 48 to 17, very handedly. Yeah. However, I think if Keaton Slovis turns his sluggish start, which I feel like is very fair to say, um, and he gets some support out of his running group. I don't see a reason why BYU can't improve to 4-0. <clears throat> I do think Jalen Daniels and Devin Neal will give it a very good fight. Um, and it wouldn't surprise me if Kansas came away with a W here. Uh, I know I'm picking the underdog here, but give me the Cougars. 
Interesting. Okay. Um, I, and my main reason is I think that BYU's defense is much better uh, than what the paper shows. And I think they're going to harass Jalen Daniels all night long, especially with the uh, cover one that they run. I, I agree with you. I think they will harass Jalen Daniels, but I think Jalen Daniels and Devin Neal are going to harass that BYU front seven. Very fair. Um, I think that BYU or Kansas is going to be able to shut down the run, even though they're allowing a little over 100. Uh, they're allowing 120 yards rushing a game. I, but at that point, <coughs> 99 and 119. That's only twenty yards. That's that's yeah, like very it's, similar. It's two first downs a game, sure. Yeah. But at the same time, I mean, come on. And Kansas also put up un, unbelievable numbers: five hundred yards on offense almost every game. Okay, five hundred yards on offense, unbelievable. Jalen Daniels uh, just looks great. Devin Neal looks great. Rock chalk Jayhawk. I uh, give me give me the Jayhawks. Give me Kansas in this one. I just think their def- their offense is going to overpower BYU, um, and I think their defense, while not <clears throat> fantastic, uh, good enough to win games. Okay. I will say the one thing that I think Lance Leipold has been working on all week this week uh, with Jalen Daniels is the ability to not saying that Jalen Daniels can't throw the ball. He has a better completion percentage than Keaton Slovis (laughs) does. Um, But Jalen Daniels has only thrown two touchdowns on the season so far. Yeah. Keaton's thrown eight. But I just think that lends itself to Kansas is a much more spread option run heavy offense versus what BYU is going for. Um. I agree with you, but at the same time, I think that BYU secondary steps up this game and prevents and eliminates that one threat uh, for the Jayhawks. So I'm taking the Cougars in this one. Uh, yeah, no, I'm taking I'm taking the, I'm taking Kansas in fair, that one. Uh, and they're also at home as well. Yeah. And uh, apparently, David Booth is now massive home field advantage to Kansas. Surprisingly. First time in forever. Yep. Well, except for the first time in forever. Anyways. um, Hey, let it go. That movie came out in 2016. No, before that. It was like 20. Thank you. I I got the applause from the beef. Thank you. The uh, booth. Booth. booth, Jason, the booth. Um, Next up. Next up, UCLA, Utah. UCLA is 22 coming into this matchup. Utah is 11. Both teams are 3-0, 0-0 in conference. This is the first Pac-12 matchup for both of these teams. Is Cam rising back? Um, I am not for sure. Uh, I can look it up as you're talking, or if you want me to talk. Okay, I'll talk. Okay. Um, UCLA, dog-walking opponents on offense putting up over 527 yards a game. Uh, Utah is putting up right at 357. Um, A lot of that, surprisingly for Chip Kelly, is on the ground. Uh, UCLA is putting up 256 yards through the air, 270 on the ground. Utah, 170 through the air, 186 on the ground. Both teams are averaging right at 270 yards allowed per game. Both teams have a very stout run defense. Um, Utah, in their first three games of the year, beat Florida 
24 to 11, beat Baylor 20 to 13, and then uh, beat Weber State 31 to 7, as expected. UCLA <laughs> beat Coastal Carolina 27 to 13, beat South Dakota State 35 to 10, and then beat North Carolina Central 59 to 7. Um, this is in Salt Lake City uh, at Rice Eccles. Utah is favored by four and a half. The over-under is 52.5. Utah on ESPN is favored 65.4 to 34.6. I think this all depends on the quarterback battle between Dante Moore and Cam Rising. If not Cam Rising, then Nate Johnson. Cam Rising is still questionable. Uh, Cal Whittingham in his press conference this week said uh, there's not. They have to wait another 48 hours. They say practice today he looked good, but they're not 100% sure on him yet. They need to um, do a little bit more evaluation. Come game, day, he said that the media is going to know on game day when UCLA knows. Which I think is a very smart move because if you have Cam Rising that offense, we saw it last year, that offense is potent. And I know that we're we're kind of hyping up Utah here a little bit, um, or we're definitely hyping up Cam Rising. But this team at this time last year was absolutely dog-walking opponents. Um, I think that if Cam Rising starts giving the Utes – if he doesn't give me UCLA taking the road win. Mm, really? Mm-hmm. Watching both of these teams, watching UCLA and then watching Utah, Utah just seems, even though UCLA is putting up almost 530 yards of offense a game and only giving up 278 on defense, yeah, on paper that looks really good, but – just looking at how Utah plays versus how UCLA plays, I just think Utah is much more complete. No, they're not putting up unbelievable numbers. No, they're not putting up a ton, you know, a, a ton of points. But UCLA, like you said, just played Coastal Carolina, San Diego State, and North Carolina Central. Central. North Carolina Central, okay? Utah has played Florida, a mm-hmm. good Florida team. A very good Florida team. Baylor, who we quite still don't quite know yet, but almost lost in Waco. And then Weber State. That's two Power 5 opponents. They, I, I, here's, here's my thing, is they know what, what they have going wrong, and they've had the chance to fix it because they had to fix it in order to get ready for week one and week two. Yeah. All right? And then Weber State was kind of their pushover win, uh, penciled in dub for them. I give me the Utes. The Utes just look more complete on defense, more complete on offense. I know, I know Cam Rising is out. I know he's out. But Nate Johnson has looked really good for the for Utah. Had a, he struggled against Baylor, which is understandable. Um, they were rotating quarterbacks in and out uh, for Utah, but I think Nate Johnson really pulled himself together. He was able to pull that team together and, 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 and get the win over Baylor. Obviously, Weber State, that should have been a win. That was kind of an easy win for the for Utah. Um, and they're at home. They get UCLA. It's a 3-30 game. I think the, the sun shines bright on the Utes, and Utah comes out with the victory. Fair enough. 
Uh, moving on to our next Pac-12 matchup. This is the Pac-12 uh, Pac-12 week. championship. Yeah. Right here. Uh, <laughs> your projected Pac-12 championship. No, no, no. I'm just saying out of the Pac-2, this is what's left of the Pac-12. <laughs> this is the Pac-12 championship. Essentially. Uh, your number 14 Oregon State Beavers take on the 21-ranked Washington State Cougars. Uh, this Oregon State, I am so glad that we are finally covering a game on them. They were my dark horse last year. They almost got it for me, uh, and they are your dark horse this year. Um, both teams look very solid. Uh, Uyagale, the transfer out of Clemson, has played decent for Oregon State and the Beavers. Uh, 42 for 68, 630 yards through the air, six touchdowns, two interceptions. However, Cam Ward out of Washington State, 78 for 106, 986 yards passing, nine touchdowns, no interceptions at all. Oregon State is favored 65.7 to Washington State's 34.3. Oregon State is also favored on the line by three, and the over-under is 59. Looking at team stats for a second, Oregon State uh, has put up 466 yards total. Washington State, blow them out of the water, 535. Uh, a lot of that for both teams is through the air. However, Oregon State's uh, running game is significantly better than Washington State's. Uh, Cam Ward is the leading rusher. Hey, Washington State, I know what you're going through. Uh, 32 carries, 95 yards, two touchdowns on the ground for him. Uh, for the Beavers, they're putting up 219 yards on the ground. A lot of that on the back of Damian Martinez, who has 40 carries, 351 yards rushing, and one rushing touchdown. Yards allowed is a completely and totally different story. Uh, Oregon State's defense is significantly better, 260 yards allowed per game versus Washington State's 363. 202 of that is through the air for the Beavers. Uh, 57 of that is on the ground. Washington State, about the same split, uh, 268 to 95. Looking at their last three matchups, um, Oregon State – dominated week one 42 to 17 over uh with a win over san jose state uh also dominated in week two over uc davis uh 55 to 7 and then uh pulled out a very good win over south dakota state 26 to 9. san diego state san diego state excuse me uh week one for the cougars colorado state Beat them 50-24. Beat Wisconsin 31-22. for 22. At and that time, the 19th-ranked Wisconsin Badgers. Upset. <clears throat> and then beat Northern Colorado 64-21. to 21. Owen, I know I've picked an upset so many times this week. I don't even think this is an upset. Give me the... Cougars. You're kidding me. Yes. Give me my ba- my Pac-12 champions. Okay. My I uh, thank you. Um, give me my Pac-12 championships uh, champions. I'm taking the Beavs. They play complimentary football on both. They play complimentary football. Both uh, uh, their offense explosive looks great. Yeah, DJ Uyangale has 
thrown two interceptions. So what? He's got six intercept six. He's got six touchdowns. To he's got him. eight interceptions. He's got eight interceptions. That doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how many interceptions you throw. We are uh, we are very tired coming into this. Um, um, he's got six. Tu- he's got six touchdowns to go along uh, to back up those two interceptions. He's got six hundred and thirty yards passing. Their defense is av- is giving up on average fifty seven yards a game. They are allowing two hundred two through the air. I get that, but but. Just complimentary. They're football. allowing two oh two versus San Jose State. Uh I didn't even I can't even remember what the name is of the other. Yeah, one. but look UC at the score. Davis. Look at the scores of that game. San Diego State. Look at I the understand sc- the scores are great. They're phenomenal. But you're giving up two hundred and two yards passing a game versus teams that you should have absolutely dog walked and shut down. And they did, they dog, did walk dog walk and walk. shut down. They but they still gave up 200 yards passing to each team. In total, in total, of they gave they up have 57 rushing yards allowed. They gave up 30. Yes, they gave up 35 points over three games. They gave up 35 points over three games. Washington State gave up. Let me do quick math here. Gave up. 67 points in three games. Yeah, but 22 of those came from a, I'm not going to say very good, an okay Wisconsin team. And 21 of that came from the University of Northern Colorado. 24 of that came from Colorado State. But they also put up 64 on the University of Northern Colorado, and they put up 50 on Colorado State. They did. But what I'm saying is Oregon State put up 42 against San Jose State, 55 against UC Davis, and 26 against San Diego State. You know what your reasoning is for UCLA-Utah? That is my reasoning here for the Cougars. They've played a uh, Power 5 opponent. They're more battle-tested than Oregon State is. Understandable. Fair enough. But Plus, Cam Ward is on an absolute tear right so now. So is DJ, even though he's got two he's interceptions. He's got two interceptions and 630 so, yards passing. Okay, but he's got he's 42 for 68. He He's 42 for 68. His completion is, is QBR right now. His QBR is an 84, okay? His completion percentage is a 62, okay? Cam Ward... 72% completion percentage, 83.8% QBR. So That's exactly the same, the exact except he has a better touchdown ratio, and he has more yards passing, but he's, and he has a better average QB rating. But he's going to get an interception this week. I, 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 I promise you that. I believe he will get an interception this Bet week. Bet money. I believe. No, I don't have any money. Yeah, they're <laughs> the same. <laughs> it's not payday yet. Anyways. Um, I, I Oregon State plays complementary football. They're able to shut you down on defense, make you one-dimensional. Unfortunately, that one dimension is passing, which is what or- Washington State is very good at. I will give you that. But they are putting up over 200 yards rushing and 200 passing. Just complementary football on both sides of the ball. Washington State is putting up close to 400 yards passing a game a with game. Cam Ward. But you're giving up almost 270 through the air. You're giving up more than Oregon State is. Okay? Give me my Pac-12 champions. I think this is the most we've argued about a team that's not West Virginia or LSU. <laughs> but this, I give me Oregon State. 
Give me you know, the bees. I fully wasn't going to watch watch this game like coming into this. I feel this. like I have to I now. I fully have to. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, and it's so I, I'm not an Oregon State hater by all means. No. They were my I'm not a Washington my, State a Washington State hater, but I just think Oregon's the better. Oregon State's the better team. No, Washington State is. No, it is. Or- the numbers don't lie, and they spelled the. State Beavers. I will say you have a valid argument though, is because whatever, Jay. Um, I will say you have a valid argument against a good Wisconsin team. That is a valid argument that is a good battle test for them, and that will come in handy playing Oregon State. But it's not going to come in handy. Come it wasn't even a one score game. It was a one score game. 31 22. Two score game. Two score game. My apologies. It's a two score game. Still, though, okay. still, hey, you know what? Agree to disagree. Agree to disagree. And we're getting the simmer. Oh, down we're getting the, the simmer group. down. We're getting We've the got simmer to down. agree to disagree. I feel like we're about to agree to disagree here oh, too. Gosh. <laughs> All right. The Ohio State Buckeyes versus the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Oh, H. This is in South Bend. OSU is favored by three, and the over-under is 55-and-a-half. Ohio State is favored 65.8 to Notre Dame's 34.2. Ohio State is 3-0. Notre Dame, 4-0. They played in week zero in Ireland. Uh, it, I'm not even going to talk about that game because it was a pointless game against Navy. It was a rivalry game. Yeah, but come how – one-sided can a rivalry get before you just pencil in a win? Um, Unfortunately, about the military academies. Ohio State, total yardage, 474 on the season. Notre Dame, 508. Yards allowed, Ohio State, 223. Notre Dame, 234. Both teams are giving up uh, – uh, well, actually, no, excuse me. Ohio State is giving up 140 through the air. Notre Dame is giving up 126. Rushing, however, is where these teams are different. Ohio State is averaging 83 yards allowed a game uh, through on the ground, and then Notre Dame is averaging 107. That being said, the toughest team that Notre Dame has played so far this year – is NC State. A quality NC State team. Yes. A very good NC State team that is underrated. Ohio State, their toughest win of the season so far, Indiana. 23-3. NC State for Notre Dame, 45-24. And I will say in that first half, Western Kentucky had uh, Ohio State on the ropes. Yeah. And then, you know, they scored – a lot. Yeah. <laughs> um, Ohio State went on to win, you know, 63 to 10. They scored a lot a- to victory. After a 35 point second quarter. Um, here is why I think Notre Dame is going to win this game. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Sam Hartman is on an absolute tear right now. Applause, applause, applause from the booth. 1,061 yards passing, 13 touchdowns on the year for a QBR of 89.4, eighth in the nation. 
while I don't think Kyle McCord is a bad quarterback, 815 yards passing, six touchdowns, one interception. According to ESPN, he is the ninth best quarterback in the nation with a QBR of 87.2. Notre Dame is a more complete team than Ohio State ever will be Thank this you. season. Thank you. Finally. Uh, we agree on something. Finally. Audric Esteem, 63 carries, 521 yards rushing, five touchdowns. The best rusher for Ohio State is Trevion Henderson with 30 carries, only 191 yards rushing, and four touchdowns. It's a lot of red zone rushing right there. Yes. Um, I think Notre Dame is winning this game in South Bend. I think South Bend is going to be absolutely electric, and Notre Dame is going to go to 5-0. and Thank you. I hate saying that because they're going to be in the top four after this game. They will. If, but that's if, I think that's if Florida State loses. Mm-hmm. And who does Texas play this week? I've got to. Uh, I got it. Uh, you go ahead. Um, no, I couldn't agree more. Putting up unbelievable numbers on offense once again, over 500 yards on offense, 304 through the air, 204 on the ground. They, defense, they give up a little bit more, about 10 Baylor. yards. Do what? Texas plays Baylor. Texas plays Baylor, so Texas will probably win this week, I, I would imagine. Baylor will give them their best, but uh, I think Texas wins that one as well. Uh, Cole, horns down. Horns down. Um, Notre Dame is giving up a little over – is giving up just 10 yards more than what Ohio State is on defense, so pretty pretty, pretty even there on defense. But just unbelievable. They've got things clicking. They've got things clicking with Sam Hartman. And if you remember, last year with Tyler Buckner, who, by the way, almost lost in an Alabama jersey to South Florida, almost won them this game. Mm. Notre Dame with Tyler Buckner almost won the game last year. No, Sam Hartman has corrected all of the issues. Um, and – I will give credit where credit is due. Marcus Freeman, again, terrific job for the Irish. It's hard yes. not to root for him. It's hard not to root for Marcus Freeman. A young guy uh, doing a great – in a historic program. We we Notre Dame does tend to be that snobby, stuck-up, rich yeah, kid no, from – any other time, I am fully against Notre Dame. But the fact that they're going against the Buckeyes. Yeah, come on. And, and, and it's absolutely, to me, disrespectful that – Ohio State is favored 66% to win this game. Yeah, because of all the median deals that they have. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Um, It just... Utterly ridiculous. Notre Dame, the Irish win this game to improve to five and zero. If Florida State or Iowa or Florida State or Texas lose this week, they are one hundred percent going in the top five. Yeah, top four, top four. Excuse me. Um, that wraps up our non teams. I think is the best way to say that. That wraps up our non homerism. Thank you. Yeah, fair. Uh, moving right along, uh, Owen, I went first last week for very good reason. Uh, I'm going to insist on going last this week. I completely understand the gold boot. The golden boot is golden a very, boots on the line. The golden boots on the line. Um, West Virginia plays Texas Tech this week, uh, 3:30 p.m. It is a ESPN Plus game for some odd reason. Um, Texas Tech. ESPN is giving Texas Tech a a 60% chance to win this game. Cole's giving me a big thumbs down on this one. Um, 
here make, you, make your case. I'm gonna make my case and you and you you will win the game. Uh Garrett Green is a giant question mark. Um, it looks to be a high ankle sprain, so he could be out for two weeks, so this week and next week. So Nico could fill in. I feel comfortable with Nico. Feel a little on edge. But they definitely need to open up the playbook a little they bit. They need to open up the playbook, and I think a full week of practice with Nico I think will help. Um, Tyler uh, – it's Tyler Shaw, I think, or Tyler Shaw. Ty, yes, Tyler Shaw on Texas Tech. They do love to throw it around a lot. However – doesn't look great. 65 for 105, 743 yards, seven touchdowns, four interceptions. Okay. Nico did have a have a have a passing touchdown last week to Cole Taylor. Uh, the run the run game. It's going to be on paper. Looking at this, it's going to appear that these two teams are going to be run heavy. The VU we we already know is going to be run heavy with C.J. Donaldson, Jaheim White, Jalen Anderson. I uh, saw, and I'm sorry to interrupt. No, you're you. fine. Go ahead. I saw an article that saying uh, that said CJ Donaldson was questionable for this game. It is. Uh, I think he's okay. It looked appear that he may have had a cramp, but even if he's not, we've got two really solid bat running backs. Fair but, enough. But it appears that he's healthy. He's fine. Um, he was practicing well this week. I, okay. th- I think. I think he may see a little bit less action than normal. But he he should be good to go. Uh, he so far is forty nine carries for two hundred thirty nine yards, two touchdowns, a lot of red zone running. Workhorse, workhorse, a lot of red zone running. Um, for Texas Tech though, on the receiving court, Jarand 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 Bradley has seventeen receptions for two hundred eleven yards, two touchdowns, and then you got Hudson Clement six receptions. 187 yards and three touchdowns over the course of his two games that he has started for the Mountaineers. Now, Texas Tech, we know they play that traditional Big 12 offense, a lot of high power, throwing the ball around, no defense. Okay, they're giving up almost 400 yards on defense, about 378 to be exact. Uh, But but, uh, uh, West Virginia – on the ground game, we're limiting people. We're we're limiting teams to under a hundred yards rushing the ball. However, though, our secondary does appear to be Swiss cheese from time to time, uh, giving up two hundred fourteen yards. But on the bright side, Texas Tech does as well, two hundred thirty five yards through the air, and they're giving up one hundred forty three total yards of offense, uh, or total yards rushing the ball. West Virginia averaging about two hundred yards a game rushing the ball. That's pretty good, okay? Uh, 179 yards passing the ball for the Mountaineers. Again, got to open up the playbook. I would love to see more intermediate passes. I'm not I'm not saying let's let's chuck it down the field. I, I think Garrett is good is is okay with that. Nico seems to be not as comfortable doing that. Um, he can be off target at times. I get it. You're a redshirt freshman. It happens. It happens. Um but th- this is not the Will Greer era or the Skylar Howard era where we can just chuck it deep and somebody's going to be down there or they have a really – we have a quarterback who can throw a really nice deep ball. Garrett can throw a really nice deep ball, uh, but we don't have Garrett this, this week, possibly, more than likely. Um, I Just give me some curls. Give me some slants. Give me some play action. You know, something that's not going to – just light the world on fire, but definitely going to get these numbers up. And, and if you're in a third and five, third and seven, not long, but in kind of that third and medium range, you don't have to rely on hoping that CJ can get close to a fourth down and make it a fourth and short. Um, 
obviously coming off a massive win against Pitt, 17-6. to six. Uh, Sweet Caroline. Um, bum, bum, bum. Texas Tech uh, obviously starts the year off rough with a loss to in double overtime to Wyoming. Then they come home in Lubbock, and they lose to Oregon, 38-30, and then they just demolish, take their take – their, their, their sorrows out on it's Tarleton State. Personal. Boom, boom. Just completely pounded Tarleton State, 41-3. to This game is in Morgantown. Texas Tech is favored by six. Um, I, th- I think the West Virginia fan base, we, we 100% needed that win against Pitt in the backyard brawl. We are energized. It is great. I imagine that it's going to get back to Morgantown of old, of we're going to – Fill up the stadium even for Texas Tech, and I'm not saying Texas Tech is a no-name opponent. They're not. They were. They some considered them to be a dark horse uh, this year. Here's the issue, though. Neil Brown, regardless if it has been in Morgantown or in Lubbock, has not been able to get the monkey off his back and beat Texas Tech. This is the issue that the Mountaineers have had under Neil Brown is they just, for some reason, Texas Tech has always had their number. Last year it was brutal down in Lubbock, 48 to 10. Um, it, it was rough. They lost a close game two years before the year before that in 2021. Just just a rough game. Uh, this is one that West Virginia fans that we used to just handle Texas Tech didn't really have a problem with them, and now for some reason they've just they've just got our number. Um, trying to think what else. Front seven looks great. Let's hope we can. We're going to have to, even Jordan Leslie said this week that we're going to have to um, play a little bit more zone coverage. So you're going to see more, again, um, you're going to see a lot of safeties and cornerbacks up off, uh, backing off of the receivers. We'll see how that goes. Um, hopefully we can get some more interceptions. Last year, West, the West Virginia offense had four interceptions the entire year. This year we're already up to five over, through three games. So there's that. I think we it's either four or five that we have already this year. Um but yeah, this is a this is our first um this is our first conference game, so let's 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 open up conference play with with a big win against Texas Tech. Uh with that I've kind of made my case, Cole. Uh yeah. I want you to run some I want you to kind of run your thoughts through me before you give your pick. So I think that my main concern with Neil Brown, um, secondary, obviously, that, I agree that, with one hundred percent. I don't think that's a, that's not up that's for a secret. Question yeah, at that's this not point. a secret. Yeah. Um, my other main concern with Neil Brown is if you do open the playbook a little bit for Nico, because as you said, Garrett Green is a very probable out or scratch for this game. Yeah. Um. If you open up the playbook for Nico, who's to say Neil Brown doesn't open the part of his playbook that reads screens at the top? Understandable. I I didn't even think about that, but yeah. Um, I think, and especially after his post-game presser last week, Neil Brown knows that he has not beat Texas Tech at Milan Puskar or in Lubbock. Um, I think that West Virginia is headed in the right direction this year. Um, I think your rushing attack is absolutely tremendous. God, I would kill for a running back from West Virginia. You have a wide receiver from LSU. Uh, tight end, tight end. Uh, oh, excuse me, tight end. 
Um, I think that Milan Puskar is going to be rocking this week. It's a gold rush game. It is a gold rush game. Um, if Morgantown did not burn down last week against Pitt, it is going to burn down this week when WU pulls off the win against Texas Tech. Do so you think Neil Brown finally gets the monkey off his yes. back? Yes. I think West Virginia starts the season 3-1. and one. Texas Tech falls to 1-3. and three. Nice. You're welcome. Thank you. Appreciate that. All right. Give it to me. Give it to me. The battle for the best trophy in college football. Your number 12 LSU Tigers take on the 2-1 Arkansas Razorbacks. It's not Arkansas. It's pronounced Arkansas. Jinx. Greg Brooks uh, is out for this game. Uh, He is our starting uh, DB. He's our nickel. That being said, LSU is heavily favored going into this game. This is in Death Valley. LSU is favored by 17.5. The over-under is 55. It is a night game. It is a night game in Baton Rouge. KJ Jefferson scares the ever-loving crap out of me. Um, He has been much more inconsistent this year than what he was at this point last year. Uh, 55 for 77, 629 yards passing, six touchdowns, one interception. Jaden Daniels, 70 for 95, 976 yards passing, eight touchdowns, one interception. Shockingly, Raheem Sanders is not the lead back, at least in terms of total production, uh, for the Razorbacks. That honor goes to A.J. Green, 28 carries for 190 yards rushing, two touchdowns on the season. Raheem Sanders, however, 15 carries for 42 yards and two touchdowns. The Arkansas Razorbacks, we saw it last year, especially in the LSU game, are very deadly when it comes to red zone offense, Um, specifically when Raheem Sanders and K.J. Jefferson are on the field together. A.J. Green is a very good threat, but he is more so your Reggie Bush style, where he makes a lot of good cuts, doesn't rely on a lot of his power. Uh, Total yardage, LSU's blowing him out. 537 yards per game versus Arkansas's 370. A majority of that offensive attack is coming through the air, However, LSU can run the ball very well if the nameplate reads Daniels. 192 uh, on the ground. Jane Daniels is the Tigers' leading rusher, 35 carries for 157 yards and two touchdowns. Jane Daniels is coming off of back-to-back high-score games for himself. Against Grambling, he had five total touchdowns, and against Mississippi State, he had four Malik Neighbors is a monster. Um, 24 receptions for 393 yards and three touchdowns. Kayshawn Boot wishes his last name was Neighbors. Not dissing Kayshawn Boot at all. Love him. 
He was a Tiger. He always will be a LSU Tiger. Arkansas is coming off of a very disappointing loss uh, against BYU at uh, Razorback Stadium. Um, LSU is coming off of a very, very good win over the Mississippi State Bulldogs, 41-14. And a very good win over Grambling, which, come on, it's Grambling, 72-10. to um, week one, we stumbled quite a good bit. We lost to Florida State by 21. Still very upset over that. That being said, I think that LSU has proved that week one, we came out very, very sluggish. Um, I think that with Raheem Sanders being questionable coming into this game, LSU has a very good chance to win this. But if we cannot exploit the defense early and get out to a lead, I would not be surprised if Arkansas's defense limits us quite a good bit. They've given up 257 yards a game, 201 through the air, and only 55 on the ground. Joke's on them. We don't run the ball. <laughs> you do if you're Jalen Daniels. Well, I mean, Jaden. Jaden Daniels. Thank you. Um, I feel especially after last year with this game, if our defense does not show up early and allows them to get out to a lead, LSU is going to get into their own heads and we will not improve 2-3-1. and one. I am honestly nervous about this game. We should absolutely destroy them like we did Mississippi State However, Arkansas has proved, especially with all the veteran talent that they have, that they are not a slouch. I feel like I've made my case. Turning it over to you. Um, I think Arkansas is looking for a little bit of revenge after their close loss with BYU last week. Um, I think LSU's feeling good. Yeah, they had a rough first week against Florida State, but they took care of business against Grambling and 100% took care of business against Mississippi State. Uh, wasn't even close in Mississippi State. Uh, their defense, you, uh, I think you do have to worry about their front seven and limiting your rushing attack is I think Jalen Daniels is going to – Jaden Daniels is going to have to rely Thank more you. on his arm. Is going which to have to, he's proven that he can he, do that. Which he's proven he can do that, absolutely. I don't have any doubt that he can do that. He's good on his legs. I think he's very much run, throw first, run second, very very much so. He's gotten better about that this season versus what he did last season. Absolutely. Um, your secondary is not as much switch cheese as it is West Virginia, but you do have – Questions. Questions. Uh, or uh, I would say I would say mild to slight concerns. Especially with Greg Brooks being out because, you know, he's our MVP on our secondary right yes. now. But either way, sorry. Um, you, defense is giving up 130 yards rushing and 207 on the air. I think if you can limit the rushing attack, I think that helps a lot. And, having, and I know K.J. Jefferson is uh, – He's also a dual threat quarterback, so that makes you a little bit nervous. I understand that he help that is his legs will help Arkansas win games this year. Point of clarification on my end: Raheem yes. Sanders is confirmed out for this game. Gotcha. So it will be AJ Green. It will be AJ Green. Um, 
Yeah, I, I, uh, Arkansas's not putting up massive amounts of numbers on offense. Um, they're doing decent on defense. LSU can improve in that aspect, but they're putting up over 530 yards of offense. So when you're doing that, you don't have to worry as much about giving up so much on. As long as you you can give up as many yards as you want, but yards don't win you the game. Points do. Yes. Um, so if you can bow up, have that bend but don't break mentality when you're getting down the red zone, and can just stop and limit them to a field goal or just downright stop them, block field goal, whatever it may be. Um, then, then that's fine. That's fine. Um, it is a night game, so obviously, anytime Tiger Stadium is going to be rocking. Death Valley is going to be electric. Um, the line for this is seventeen and a half. LSU covers. Okay, LSU wins. Go Tigers! Give me the Tigers. Yes, Arkansas is a good team. I think they're going to have a good a, a good season as they're going going along. Okay, but they're running into a buzzsaw of of LSU. They won't know what in the world hit them. Um, yeah, I, I just think LSU, and they're going to cover that line, 17 and a half. Give me, give me 20. They, they, they beat them by 20. They beat them by 20. What? I said they're going over. They're going to play. Um, I'm sorry. I thought you said LSU by 20. By- by LSU by 20, yeah. Right. What you meant to say was, LSU by a million, baby. Let's go. We're beating Arkansas. It's pronounced Arkansas. There should have been a caution of, for those of you who are listening in, air, yeah, headphone yeah. warning. Thank you, Jay, yeah. for the booth. So, sorry, sorry. Headphone warning. Um, I apologize. But, yeah, no, LSU, LSU covers. They go over. Yeah. Go ears. Go Tigers. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> we get go a, Dukes! We, go, we get a Go Dukes from Jay. We get a Go Dukes from Jay. Uh, but with that, that's going to wrap up this preview episode for week four. Uh, slammed pack, slam packed week. Farum is on a bye this week. They'll start conference play next week. We'll cover that. Um, but, yeah, for that, I'm Owens Pounding. My name's Cole Connor, And this is the Panther Pod.